we produce clinical data every single day. And some of them are great. You know, there are great outcomes and other data are not so great. The negative data or outcomes that we don't want to see, they are buried somewhere deep down in a secret vault or dark vault and nobody sees the, the data. But what we should do is that we should look at those data, make those data available so that the next company who runs a clinical trial, they could use that data to build their platform. And it's good for venture capitals. It's good for pharma and biotech companies. It's good for our patients. It's good for the whole ecosystem. So the idea is let's try to save our time. Let's make it more efficient and better in how we do our drug development. Let's make it in five years instead of 20 years. Can we do that? I think so. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and opened doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat, how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture, change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to How Women Inspire. Today's guest is the founder of a company in stealth mode that builds on her deep experience and success in biotech and pharma. She's got 20 years of accelerating breakthrough therapies that we've all benefited from, from discovery to commercialization. Uh, She's the one who makes it happen. And because of that, everybody's seeking her to be a leader in their organization. So she is also a board member an investor and a startup advisor. She's passionate about promoting diversity on startup and private boards and economic equity for women and women of color in particular. She has a biochemistry degree from the University of Illinois and a master's degree in clinical research and regulatory administration from Northwestern University, my alma mater, Jennifer Lee. It is such a treat to have you with me today. You are just one of my favorite people. Oh, that is so kind. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here, Julie. 
It's so fun to meet somebody who's got extraordinary brains, discipline to make it happen, and who's got tremendous emotional intelligence. And it's just so much fun at a party. So you're like the, you're the real deal, dear. You're the trifecta or whatever we would say when we talk about someone who's got it all. And and that's you for sure. But can we start actually with sort of um, finding out a little bit about sort of your inside, the inside you, the dancing and singing side of you. So when you have a moment that's a celebratory moment or even a tough moment, do you have a, do you have a go-to song? I do have a go-to song, but it's a Disney Disney song. It's called Try Everything by Shakira. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's go, oh, 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 uh, try everything. Don't beat yourself up. If you fall, get up again and try it again until you reach the end and try it all over again. So I uh, love that. I, You know what? I feel like it, because I know you, that so represents the spirit mm-hmm. I see in you. And it's infectious for everybody around you. You make it feel like anything is possible. Can you talk about the scaffolding for that? Like, where does that come from? Is that something in your DNA? I know you've talked to me about being coming from an immigrant family. Like, where does that come from? Well, I used to get beat up literally and figuratively a lot when I was a kid. And so mm-hmm. I learned to, and I'm the youngest one of five, four siblings. So I had to learn how to be tough. And so when I fall down, I had to get up quickly to catch up, you know, my siblings. And so that's probably where it comes from. Well, sometimes they say, you know, that the hard knocks are what makes you stronger and more resilient. But I'm sorry to hear that that's the case. That doesn't make me happy. So I may be part of that. But what made you think biochemistry was the right path for you? How did you get going in life sciences? Yes. So it goes back all the way to when I was seven, I lost my father in a car accident and due to healthcare system failure, he didn't make it to the next day to see a doctor. And at age five, I lost my grandfather to cancer. And so I've always wanted to just figure out where does disease come from and why people die. So when I immigrated to the United States at age 15, I wanted to study science. So I went to study biochemistry because it combines biology and chemistry. And it gave me a really good look into the cancer biology and the chemical reactions. So um, sophomore year in college, I got a summer internship opportunity at GD Searle, found by Mr. Gideon. And the company had multiple products, Metamucil, Orthocycline, AstroTurf. And they found this new chemical entity called Celebrex. At the time, it was called Celebrex. So as a sophomore year college student, I volunteered to put myself in the laboratory looking at all the human fecal samples and urine Uh samples to look at how the compound breaks into pieces in the substances in human body. So I studied that. And that summer internship of three months turned into a year and a half. So I um, stayed there and I went back to school, graduated with biochemistry, and I came back to Searle working in the regulatory affairs, working on the second and third generation of Celebrex that managed symptoms and signs of osteo and rheumatoid arthritis. It became a blockbuster drug eventually, and I went on to work for Pfizer for about eight years and uh, Stellas, which is a Japanese company, second largest company in Japan for about 12 years and GDC, uh, Gilead, etc. And that's how my humble journey in life sciences began. And I 
been there for two decades. Not so humble, my dear. Not very many people (laughs) have their very first internship on a blockbuster drug like that, where you really, I mean, I've taken Celebrex for bone stuff. So thank you very much for your great work on that. So when you think about like the biggest win, the biggest solutions that you've come up with for the market, what are you most proud of? Most proud of, well, it would have to be first in class, unmet medical need, first to market type of experiences. And one particular was this company called me up and said, Jennifer, we need you. We need you to be here. All you need to do is we need you to put us on a map because no one knows that we're making, we're working on a innovative therapies in cancer. And mm-hmm. secondly, our company is underwater. And so, um, you know, just to help us get out of that uh, situation. By the way, not to tell you, we've been underwater for one year. So if you can make that happen within the next one year, because yeah. your predecessor had two years, but you only have one year to make it happen, that would be fantastic. Yeah, build and a mountain would... and she will climb it. I love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's when I used to play the Try Everything song all the time. I said, oh, my Lord, what am I going to do? You know, this is a enormous pressure here. But luckily, I had a really amazing team of scientists and operators and the executive team to help me build this new organization and turn it around. So long story short, we were doing really fine. We were turning things around and then pandemic hit in March, 2020. And so we, we thought, oh my God, we hit another bump. Luckily, success story ends with a happy ending that we were able to recruit the patients and we were able to go to the FDA. It's unmet medical need, first oral cancer drug for breast cancer. And we were able to go to market. We got fast-tracked by the FDA. That drug was approved about three months ago. And and congratulations. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. So So I am so proud of that. You set out to solve as a little girl. That's beautiful. Not everybody's able to transition from being a scientist to actually being a business leader and help with the turnarounds you're talking about. How did you become known as that turnaround person? Like, was it that example you just gave us or what happened in your path? Yes. Well, I wanted to be a builder and I'm still a builder, but I was, you know, I was in a situation and nobody raised their hands on a project that was deemed really difficult to tackle. And so I learned from a great mentor said, once said, Jennifer, take the ugliest assignment if you can. This was an early, you know, my early 20s and that stuck with me for a long time. So one day I raised my hand and everyone said, what are you doing, Jennifer? Like, what are you doing? Don't raise your hand. Don't do that. But I raised my hand and I said, I'd like to take tackle that assignment. And I figured out how to collaborate with everyone. This was back then when like collaboration wasn't that well known, but you know, I had a really great mentor, great team members, and we worked with vendors, CROs and suppliers and so on. And overseas, all the, uh, the little branches, they had the expertise in Taiwan and all these local countries. So we leveraged their expertise. And then we started to see enormous transformation. And so that study was supposed to be done, that clinical trial was supposed to be done in five years. And we did it in two and a half years. And everyone said, oh my God, how did you do that? It was EMA and FDA mandated clinical trial. We had to do this. 
and they gave us five years and we said, we said, this is not going to happen in five years. But luckily we were able to do it in two and a half years and we saved a lot of money. So I went back and said, wait a minute, there's got to be a pattern. There's a pattern to everything. And so I looked at the whole project, the teams that were involved, and I started to reverse engineer what did go wrong and what did go right and how do we do this and so on. The next assignment, I did a lot of experiment and it wasn't like perfect experiment, but nonetheless, it was good experiment. And I saw that patterns start to fit in. And the secret sauce is basically the people and the strategy and implementation, those three things. And so I repeated again and I, then I started to see really a great results and that's what happened. So people yeah. started to notice and uh, people call me Jennifer, like we got a little situation here. Um, that's, that's what happened. But it's not always easy to go in. Oh, God, of course not. Of course not. (laughs) It can be stressful. But when you work with a great team of people who are amazing and dedicated, it can be done. Well, I know how tenacious and hardworking you are. So, you know, I think a lot of people want to sort of, oh, we all have to have balance. I see you. You're a mom. You're leading a bunch of different things. You're on boards. I know you work a lot. In order to fuel you, you've got to have a core set of values. Like like you said, your commitment to solving the problems that kill people. I mean, that's huge. So that is terribly motivating. But what are the other values you would say are sort of the drumbeat for your work and how you position your life? Hardworking, discipline, don't complain if you haven't tried it. My dad used to say, don't complain just because you didn't try. You're not going to get a pie because you, you didn't come first and say, I want a pie. Um, so don't complain about it. So discipline is very important. But one of the values that I really try to exercise every day is integrity. I stand for integrity, honesty, and ethics. And so I try not to work with people that are not honest, but honestly, yeah. I mean, there are not that many people that are dishonest. I'm just, I guess we do have bad actors sometimes, but mostly, you know, people want to do good things. They want to develop innovative therapies and bring it to market to yeah. patients. So yeah. everyone are so committed and they're driven for this assignments that we're working on. But I think it's really important. I want to share a quick story with you. This is a book that I used to, to read to my kids. It's called Empty Pots by Demi. Have you heard of the heard no, of book? No. Okay. So are you? I'm ready. Okay. So the emperor needs to choose a successor and decides to host a contest. So he gives all the children in the kingdom a seed and tells them, to bring back their best in one year. So King, the boy name, the main character, is very excited and he knows how to grow beautiful flower. However, King planted his seed into the pot and nothing happened. So he replanted and in a larger pot with fresh soil. He waters it every day, looks after it every day, and but nothing happens. So after a year, all other children make fun of Ping because they have beautiful flowers, but all Ping has was an empty pot. So Ping goes to the emperor and the emperor tells everyone that the seeds that he handed out had been boiled. So nothing could grow from them. All of the other children had swapped out their seeds 
and brought these beautiful flowers, but they are not real. And only Ping was honest and he brought an empty pot to the emperor. So Ping was praised for his honesty and courage and crowned the next emperor. No, oh, that's beautiful. Ends. I love that. I so love that. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, thank you for sharing that. That's very sweet. And it puts a face on a concept that I think, of course, for young people, but for all of us, it's a good reminder. You gave me chills, honey, <laughs> for sharing that. Um, so what are you learning now? You're just starting a company. I can't wait to hear what it's called and hear more about it. But sort of what is what is your curiosity leading you to? Yes, Julie. So, you know, I'm learning about what's happening around the world, um, especially the devaluation of dollar and what's happening around us, especially with BRICS nation and all of that. So I'm looking at from that angle. So I've been studying a lot on economic equity for women. There's a disparity, clear disparity between men and women. And so I'm studying some of those topics. And then the other one is the cognitive bias. When we work with business leaders, we have to think about the decision that we make today can impact all the activities down the stream. And so because I've gone through this drug development from beginning to the end multiple times, I try to think about it from the end game and the walk backwards and start thinking about what kind of decisions do we need to make today that would impact positively down the stream. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, I wake up in the morning, I have either soda in my hand or water that I could take. If I take soda, it's great because it quenches my thirst and it tastes good. Water, it's boring, and but I know it's good for my health. Immediate decision outcome is that, yeah, I can go for soda. It's one cup. It's no big deal. It's great. But the long-term impact is that if I continue to drink soda in the morning with my breakfast, you know, I'm adding more sugar to my body and it's not good for me. So that's the long term. I mean, it's a very simple example, but a lot of times when I go to advise companies, they see an immediate need and they want to address, they want those issues addressed, but they don't often think about the long term, the first order, second order, third order, even fourth order of decision that that's going to impact based on the decision that we make today. And so I'm studying a lot about cognitive biases whether it's a halo effect or authority bias or it's, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, literally like even like proximity bias, like whoever's closest to you that you happen to know, like we all have biases all day long. So yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, that's That's so critical when you think about the solutions that you're trying to put into play to make sure that you are doing the absolute very best and not letting your biases get in the way. That's beautiful. Yes, the more I learn, the more humbling I, I become because I know very little about these biases. There are so many. And so, yeah, I try to exercise honesty every day. I try to learn, read books on topics that I don't know much about. So um, that's what I'm doing. I was going to ask about your crystal ball. Like, where are you going to be in two to five years since, you know, you're using this as part of your next evolution? Two to five years. Oh, gosh. I... I've been wanting to make a difference in the world and there are so many good, you know, great people out there. And so what I want to do with my startup is that I want to reduce the drug development time frame from 20 years. On average, it takes 10 to 20 years to develop a drug from concept to commercialization. I want to reduce it to, to five years. We've seen it with the COVID vaccine. 
come. Yeah, whether there's a will, there's a potential way, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So the idea is that we have we produce clinical data every single day, and some of them are great. You know, there are great outcomes, and other data are not so great. The negative data or outcomes that we don't want to see, they are buried somewhere deep down in a secret vault or dark vaults, and nobody sees the, the data. But what we should do is that we should look at those data, make those data available so that the next company who runs a clinical trial, they could use that data to build their platform. And it's good for venture capitals. It's good for pharma and biotech companies. It's good for our patients. It's good for the whole ecosystem. So yeah. the idea is let's try to save our time. Let's make it more efficient and better in how we do our drug development. Let's make it in five years instead of 20 years. Can we do that? I think so. Yay, nice. Oh, this time has gone so fast and we're we're almost out of time. If you can give sort of your biggest life lesson or advice to women, what would that be? Trust your instinct. Trust your instinct. You are enough. You're beautiful. You are needed. The world needs you. Trust your instinct and go make the world better. That's beautiful. How can people get in touch with you, Jennifer? People can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, but my name is very, yeah. It's a very lot of Jennifer, Jennifer Lee's. Jennifer Lee's, <laughs> yes. So maybe Jennifer Lee, How Woman Leads. Yeah, you know, there we go. That way. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your inspiration today. You are such a beautiful values-driven leader. I want my daughter to see you in action like every young woman needs to see you and the big change you've made in the world and you will continue to make. So thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.